Dear listeners, we have a quick procrastinating announcement. We have a new email address, procrastinatingpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send us comments, questions, your great-grandmother's favorite cookie recipe you'd like us to try, anything your heart desires. And now, on with the show. Procrastinating, a term most often used by the millennial generation, is a method of putting something off, delaying, or postponing something by taking part in the act of baking. Baking, a place to talk about our baking obsessions and avoid doing everything else. Coming to you from Southern California, I'm Louisa. And from Eastern North Carolina, I'm Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Lou. How are you? I'm doing well. I just wanted to check in and hear any baking updates or life updates or anything. Just tell me anything. Just talk to me. <laughs> um, so I don't think I've baked anything other than what we made for today's show. And for next week's show, I'm a little bit ahead. Um, but life-wise, I'm so excited. We're getting ready to go. Before I talk to you again, I'll have gone to a hockey game. So I'm really excited because we haven't been since like 2019. So Wow, that I is exciting. Um, who is playing in the hockey game? Um, the Carolina Hurricanes and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, that was the... Um... The matchup when we went with you guys a few yes years ago. yeah we try to go whenever the penguins come because that's mike's favorite team um <laughs> the hurricanes are kind of jerks so so we're not sure yet if we want to wear our penguin attire or not <laughs> oh you mean like they would say something if they saw your your penguin yes the so one time we went there was like a lot of fights between the fans I have like to say after the time we went with you. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say like the energy in that hockey game, it was different. I mean, yeah, it was something extra. <laughs> so I can kind of see why, yeah, why you'd be questioning what kind of gear to wear. But I really want you to wear the penguins gear because, well, you know why. Because I think I'm going to wear it. I don't think anybody's going to beat me up. So. <laughs> no, I think you have a very nice looking face it hides your your true <laughs> inner aggression if they, if they knew the true you they'd be like oh I don't want to mess with her she'll really she'll beat me up um <laughs> thank that's you so funny. I think <laughs> it is a compliment you're tough um that's so exciting well I can't wait to hear about it and I hope the penguins win yeah me too I'll fill you in um okay so you've been baking but for the podcast yeah, I don't think I made anything that wasn't for the podcast. That's fair. Oh, other than I made savory baking. I made some corn muffins, like using a mix, but I made, I put a diced habanero in there and um, some cheddar cheese. And then in the center of the muffins, I put like a little chunk of cream cheese. Ooh. And they were so good. That sounds really good. Raul's going to be excited when he hears that you put jalapeno in it. Yeah, it was good. We had, um, some kind of soup and I made those to go with it and it was pretty good. That's delicious. Um, that cream cheese in the center sounds like a really nice addition too. It was really nice. And like the cheddar cheese, most of it was on top. So it made like a cheese crust almost. It was good. You know, we really haven't done much savory baking on the podcast. We haven't talked about it much. No, we'll have to do a savory baking segment next season. Yeah. Um, that's something we've been floating around. So I think it needs to happen. 
So what's new with you? Well, the past few weekends we've been doing, um, and this is in preparation for what we'll talk about next episode, which I'm very excited for. We've been doing a Lord of the Rings movie marathon with some friends um, because we will be talking about a Lord of the Rings bake for our dessert in a movie. So I was like, I need to do some research, you know, like I've really never seen the movies. I've tried, but I've (gasps) fallen asleep. I know. (laughs) I feel like Lord of the Rings is one of those movies. Like what's another one? What's another like pop culture one that people like you haven't seen it? Like Star Wars. There you go. Yeah. So that's, I think, uh, pretty much right up there. And yeah, so we told our friends and they were like, let's do like a viewing party. And it's been really fun. So yesterday was our second, we did the second movie um, and we have people come over and it's nice because there's like a couple of us like me that have not seen the movies or have seen like part of it. And then there are um, a couple of people who are like diehard fans of the movie. Um, (laughs) So we kind of like capture the whole spectrum of fandom, I think. (laughs) And that's cool. That sounds like fun. It's really fun. And we just, we have snacks. And what's nice is that we will like pause the movie to just talk about scenes or laugh or joke. It's really fun. (laughs) It's really fun watching it in a group because I think, well, you know, you've seen them and I I think you've read the books too, right? Like, Mm -hmm, yeah, you know how like intricate, like the universe is. And so it's a lot of places and people that they throw out. And so sometimes if you're not paying attention, I feel like you could get kind of lost. Yes. And also the movies are so long. So there are all these journeys that people are going on. And it's so funny. I'll be like watching something and then they'll pan back to another character on their journey. And I'm like, oh yeah, I totally forgot that this character was doing their own thing in this movie. (laughs) Um, Because that was like 40 minutes ago. Um, And so it's really fun to watch them in a group like this because we can pause and answer each other's questions and theorize and I don't know it makes it engaging so even though it's like almost four hours that we're spending watching this movie (laughs) it's broken up because we're like checking in with each other so I'm having a really good time um so that's been fun and what else I have been doing mostly baking for the podcast but I do have like some gift like baking gift boxes I want to do because a lot of friends yeah, a lot of friends have had like exciting life events. So one of my friends bought a new house. So I wanted to send her like a treat box to celebrate that. Um, and another friend has a birthday coming up and another friend has a baby on the way. So lots of like exciting things that I want to like bake treats for. So I'm kind of in brainstorming mode of what I want to send. Um, maybe doing like a mix of like favorite recipes and maybe trying one or two new things. So that's always fun. Yes, I love that idea. And my other project is that I'm making a really long list of all the bakeries that I want to try with Ooh, you. I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> so I, we've probably mentioned this like a million times before, but Rachel's coming to California. Finally, it's happening. And um, we will be together for a week. And that means we have lots of time to explore bakeries here. <laughs> and so I've just been going back and forth, like getting recommendations from people and also looking online and going based off of places that I've been that I want to take you to. So it's a very long list. I got to cut it down because I know we don't have infinity time together, but But it's been fun. I mean, that's like one thing I love about living here is just the diversity in food. And so 
there's like Cuban yes. bakeries and Chinese bakeries and there's like a cheesecake place I want to go to and French Ooh. bakeries. So I think we're going to have a really good time. We're going to have to like put them all in a hat and pull out <laughs> some every day. Truly. Yeah. Because I was like, there's so many fun ones to try. I don't know. So that's been exciting. So I'm looking forward to our visit. Me too. I'm ready. <laughs> A wise man once said, I always thought tea was going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. <laughs> that wise man happens to be Coach Ted Lasso. In honor of his positivity, dislike of sparkling water, fumbled soccer terminology, and commitment to biscuit baking, we are dedicating this week's dessert in a movie to Ted. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm Ted Lasso, your new coach. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club, despite possessing very little knowledge of the game. I know that AFC Richmond is going to give you everything they got, win or lose. Or tie. Right, y'all do ties here. How do you take your teeth? Well, usually I take it right back to the counter because someone's made a horrible mistake. For me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. Fans of the show, Ted Lasso, know that Ted Bakes, his boss, Rebecca Biscuits every morning in an attempt to build a bond. The biscuits have gotten so much buzz that we decided to try them out ourselves. Louisa, I think that somebody stole my life and made me into Ted. <laughs> I also think tea was going to taste like hot brown water. I do not like sparkling water. I have no clue about soccer terminology. <laughs> so we matched it quite well. Um, but anyway, tell us about your version of Ted's Biscuits. I will. And I agree. I think you and Ted would go along just fine. Um, <laughs> um, this show is so funny. We discovered it, I don't know, a while back and it was just, it came out like at the perfect time. I think I like to watch a lot of like heavier shows, but sometimes you just need something heartwarming and uplifting yeah, and this make you laugh. Yeah. This show is that it's just, it's so funny. And yeah, I love just watching like Ted not understanding like British culture and <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's a very sweet show. And the biscuits are such a big deal in the show because he's trying to get Rebecca to, you know, to like him. There's trying, he's trying to build rapport there. And so I've been thinking about the biscuits for a long time, even before we thought about doing this for the challenge. Cause I was like, how good can they, I mean, she's like, and obsessed with them I'm like how what special ingredient is he putting in them that makes them that right. addictive um so I looked at you can find lots of recipes online of like what people say is the Ted Lasso biscuit recipe I found one that was from Christina Tosi who is um the CEO of Milk Bar yeah she and she's like amazing and she had one that I thought was really interesting and had some additions that were different from other ones. So um, in addition to obviously like the butter and the flour, she's using egg yolk, three egg yolks, and she adds some brown sugar to her recipe. Um, and it was so good. I will recommend, I read a lot about just like shortbread, like how to do these in a way that won't crumble like to make them not crumble as much and I saw that it was recommended for you to cut after you like pour the batter into the tin to cut them before you bake them and I have to say I tried that and I think it's a really good strategy 
So then after they're baked and they come out and they've cooled a little bit, you can just kind of recut into the lines that have already been established and things don't crumble as much. And flavor-wise, they were so good. They're best like when they're still a little bit warm, obviously, but I don't know. I could, I mean, I can kind of understand. Like if I was Rebecca getting these in a little box, I would eat the whole thing (laughs) in like five minutes. One thing that I thought was interesting is I read like, you know how with recipes online, people always say, well, I tweaked this and did that. Some people were saying that they added vanilla to their shortbread cookie recipes. And that was very, that was a contentious suggestion. A lot of people feel that shortbread, like the star is the butter. So if you're adding Mm -hmm. vanilla, you're overshadowing the butter. And so I, it's kind of like a no-no. But other people were like swearing by it. Like, yeah, add a little bit of vanilla. I did not add any vanilla because I, I just didn't want to mess with the butter. But I was just curious if you had seen the same thing or if you've ever tried vanilla in the shortbread. Um, you know, I don't know that I have tried it. I really like the buttery flavor. And I once I discovered the Irish butter, I started using that in my shortbread. And it, it it's really good. I looked up though, are you familiar with the brand Walker's shortbread? I think it's like a plaid box. No. So their shortbread does not have vanilla, but they sell a vanilla shortbread. So I guess (laughs) they um, (laughs) straddle that fence there. (laughs) Shortbread does not have vanilla unless it's vanilla flavored shortbread. (laughs) Um, And when you mentioned the Irish butter, is that the Kerrygold butter? Um, yes, I have used that, but Aldi has a version of it and it may be the same, who knows? Um, and theirs is just as good. So, and it's like half the price. Yeah. I will say, I do think that this is also a big factor. Um, I honestly, I can't remember the exact brand of the butter that I use for this one, but I remember splurging a bit for this butter. Like I usually just get whatever store brand unsalted there is, but I was like, if butter's the main the main star, then you want it to be good quality. I have used Kerrygold for other things and I've really liked it. So I think it is I important. I think eggs too are sometimes controversial. Oh, like the type of eggs you're using? No, that it even has eggs. Really? Um, yeah, I think oh. traditionally it is flour, butter, sugar, and salt. So the egg is not a, ooh. And I wonder, ooh, I wonder how people will feel about this. <laughs> I always assumed um, maybe but, there was like one egg, but maybe she was adding more, but even just at all. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I Well, tell us about the one you made, because I think yours didn't use eggs, right? Um, no, mine did not use it. And I've had it with egg and I like it, but I've had, I mean, I've had it without egg and I like it too. So <laughs> I use the recipe that the show put out as their recipe and it did the same thing. It had me slice my shortbread before I baked it too. So I think that, and yeah, I just kind of retraced my lines and cut it the rest of the way through once it had baked. They looked really nice. They were, I was able to get pretty even like shortbread sticks, I guess. (laughs) And um, I found them a little bit dry and plain. So I made a glaze for all of mine and I forgot to take pictures before they got covered with glaze. (laughs) Um, But I don't like that. I normally make like shortbread cookies, like, you know, round ones. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know if that the thick if the thickness makes it drier because it's like a more like a bar or yeah. if it's just this particular recipe. So I don't know. But I do like the like rectangle shortbread. I thought that was pretty. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn. 
Yeah. I don't think I didn't have the drying out problem, but maybe the egg helped with that. Oh, that could be. It is. It was like a, the shape though. I can relate to that. I was, I, I know what they look like on the show and it was like making it that way. I was like, it's still, I think it would be cuter to make them like cookies, but <laughs> you know, like with, um, with prints on them or something. I have like a, I think you gave it to me like a cookie stamp for sure. Oh yeah. That I've been wanting to get use out of, but yeah, I mean, all in all, I was very, I was happy with, with how they turned out and I gave Claudia a little bite and she was obsessed. <laughs> um, it's so funny watching like her at this age, tasting these desserts. I give her like a little bite of everything that I make um, now that she can eat whatever. Aww. And it's, been really fun so Claudia thought they were good too very (laughs) nice job Ted Lasso coming up with this (laughs) recipe for us it's baby approved I imagine the egg would make the cookies get browner um instead of being like a white cookie was it was it more like golden yeah yeah that's a good point they did have a more golden color to them which I kind of liked I don't know that's what I struggle with with sugar cookies too like they're done, oh, yeah. but they don't look done, you know, kind of bothers me. Yes. Yeah. I, when I first started making shortbread cookies, I was like scared. I was like, are these raw cookies? Like... <laughs> I was going to say, don't get Rachel started on her sugar cookie. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't like bucks. Procrasta Bakers, our bake around the U.S. journey continues. Baking is a great way to travel without leaving our kitchens. This season, we've baked our way around the U.S. And this episode, our road trip takes us on a quick plane trip from South Dakota to Hawaii. Very quick trip. Um, we have been lavaing our time in Hawaii <laughs> and thought we would play a quick game of this or that Hawaiian version while we sip our Mai Tais on the beach. Um, I could do that. You can do this. It's a bit different than our <laughs> trivia, but honestly, just reading about all of the food and I've, I've been to Hawaii yes. a couple times and I've eaten some of these things, but even just reading, I'm like, I need to go back and eat the rest of these things. Like Oh, it's just so good. And it's so fascinating because you get such a cool mix of cultural influences in their food. So there's a lot of like Japanese, Korean, Chinese, and then you have like the more traditional and, you know, it's just, it's really cool. Like traditional roots in food. Um, Okay. So I'm going to say two different things and I just want you to tell me which one you would prefer. Okay. So the first one is Loco Moco which is a dish that is like a hamburger patty on top of a, a bed of white rice topped with gravy and a fried egg or spam musubi, which is like a variation of sushi, but instead of raw fish, you're using fried spam. And that's also wrapped with rice and seaweed. So I'm not a big seaweed fan. So I'm going to go with loco moco. Yeah. I also saw them make this, I think maybe on like, um, what's that TV show guys, drive-ins diners and dives or some order of that yeah (laughs) 3ds um they looked really good so i'm gonna go with loco moco 
Yeah, I think I would say the same thing. I remember eating, I've had both, but, and I actually like spam. I know maybe that's controversial. Some people think it's really gross, but when it's fried like that, it's actually really good. It's good fried. Yeah, I agree. It's really good. Um, okay, so the next couple are like more flavor profiles. Um, so would you say pineapple or guava? Mm, that's tough. Right. Um, the thing my favorite is pineapple. Pineapple. All right. What about mango or lychee? You know, I've never had lychee anything. Oh, I think you would like lychee, Rachel. It's really good. Is it um, yeah. like acidic? No, no, it's not. It's like, um, you know, it's funny. I've had it like in, this sounds unappealing, but when we were younger, we would get like these little gelatin lychee candies. Okay. Um, and that's how like I would eat most. <laughs> it was really good though. <laughs> so um, what's your favorite? Lychee or mango? Uh, see, these are just two. I just want to say everything because I don't even know why I pit these foods against each other. I can't <laughs> you did decide. This to yourself. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I'm, maybe I would say I do like lychee, but I just have had mango so much more in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. So it would be hard to give up mango. Mango, I think. I love mango. Yeah. Um, for pineapple or guava, I think I would pick guava though. Pineapple, I think sometimes is too tart for me. I don't know. So mm, it just yeah, it can be. Yeah. Strong sometimes. Okay. So the next one is poke or mahi mahi. Mahi mahi. Mm. Yeah. So good. It's really good. Um, I remember eating like a macadamia and crust, like crusted mahi mahi. Ooh. Like, yeah, the topping was out of crushed macadamia nuts okay the last one is halpia which is like a type of like coconut they say like coconut pudding but it's almost like custardy like a like a jello type thing but it's coconut I looked pudding. at making that as my dessert oh yeah yeah it looks mm -hmm. good or it look good. Hawaiian shaved ice um halpia halpia yeah is, is Hawaiian shaved ice much different from like regular shaved ice? No, but I think what makes it stand out are like the add-ons. So I know like you have the shaved ice with the whatever syrup flavor, right? But then I know it's popular to top it with condensed milk or, wow. or adding ice cream too, I've heard. It tastes really good with condensed milk. It sounds like the Hawaiian version of like a loaded milkshake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think also just like the types of syrups you can get there because there's so much tropical. Oh yeah. Different kind of, fruit. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just wanted to mention that all the pork, everything looks so good <laughs> too. <laughs> I saw like Kahlua pork mentioned a whole bunch, which they roast in an underground oh, yeah. oven, which is so cool. And then something called Manapua, which is like a steamed barbecue pork bun. Those are like really popular too. So have you tried those? I have not had the pork bun, but I have had the Kahlua pork and I, I like pork. So I grew up eating it. Same. Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like we're going to Hawaii. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, technically we're already there on the beach. So we're recording That's this right. plugged in. I don't <laughs> know how is <laughs> our tech plugged in. Yeah. I guess we're sitting on a porch near the beach. Um, <laughs> okay. So now that we're on our second Mai Tais, that was fast. Let's talk about our Hawaii-inspired bakes. Yes. So I found that, and tell me if I'm saying this wrong, Lily Hawk? 
is a popular bakery in Hawaii, and there are a couple different ones on different islands. And one of their very popular desserts is a cocoa puff, which is like a cream puff filled with chocolate pudding and then topped with like a vanilla coconut condensed milk frosting. So when I saw it was chocolate, <laughs> I was like, okay, I have to make this. <laughs> um, and it was just your typical like shoe pastry cream puff recipe. The pudding was very good, um, very chocolatey. And then the the frosting was odd, <laughs> um, I thought. I was not, I mean, I ate it, but I wasn't a fan. It reminded me of like, um, I guess maybe being the condensed milk, kind of like a German chocolate. Like I like the German chocolate cake, but it didn't have enough coconut and pecans I guess it was just too kind of sticky sweet oh I see um, so I would have just left that off or done like whipped cream I think but overall the flavors were good and it makes sense why it's a cocoa puff <laughs> <laughs> and I used a copycat recipe I found a couple um I couldn't find of course they haven't given out their recipe um but I found a couple people who said you know they'd had them and this is the closest thing I see okay so, so not like a 100% fan, yeah. No, I mean, they weren't terrible. Um, they weren't fantastic, but they were good. Yeah. I did see pictures of them when I was looking up different desserts, and they look really good. And I guess there's a green tea version they make, too, but I'm not big on tea-flavored things. Um, yeah. So I didn't think I would like it to start with. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I looked up. I wanted to add about the shaved ice because I was like, I feel like there's something else special about the Hawaiian shaved ice. And there is, in addition to just like the tropical flavors, it's like the way that they shave the ice. So it's like very finely ground oh. um, more than I guess like other places do. And so it like absorbs the syrup better. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Just a little extra. Okay. So let's see. For mine, um, I was on a guava. We talked about Hawaii. I was like, I'm doing something with guava. I don't know what yet, but it's going to have guava. I made a guava cake, which I know I've had before. And it was so good. It was just like, um, it, it used a box mix, which I feel like I can be kind of snooty about box cake mixes. I don't know about you, Rachel. <laughs> Same. I'm always like, how can I make my own box cake mix so that I can make this recipe, but not go buy a box cake? Mix? <laughs> yeah, same. And I, I don't know. I gotta like get off my high horse because sometimes you can do a lot of really good stuff with with box mixes. So this recipe that I found called for a strawberry cake mix, and so that's what I used. And it was really interesting. It had me. It was like three different layers. So it was like the cake layer, a cream cheese layer, and then a guava gel glaze on top Ooh. and the cake layer used like the the strawberry cake box mix um and it had me use guava nectar in the mix so you added that in with some eggs and some coconut oil so you bake that and then the cream cheese layer is just cream cheese sugar vanilla and then I added cool whip to it like an entire Ooh. eight ounce tub of cool whip and then for the guava gel glaze it was guava nectar again with sugar cornstarch and water and you would make those things separately obviously and then cool them and then after the cake was cool it was cream cheese layer and then the guava gel topping and it was so good I feel like the star was just the combo of the cake and the cream cheese layer I don't think I've ever done cream cheese frosting with cool whip in it before I don't think I have either 
I highly recommend it adds something special and I'm just glad we can find cream cheese again because I know a couple episodes ago we were yes. talking about <laughs> cream cheese shortage but I was able to find it the only thing I would do differently I think is the guava gel topping looks kind of unappealing because it has no like color to it <laughs> oh weird. Um, yeah it's weird so would you dye it next time you think well I don't know I feel like what I would do is maybe add some food coloring because when I looked at the pictures of the cake, it, it looks so beautiful because the glaze has like a really soft pink color, like a guava-like color, right. but, uh, but mine was just clear. And so it looked kind of gross on top of my cake. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just did yeah. not look appealing. Um, if it had like a, that nice soft pink color, it would, I think, make the cake look prettier, but minor gripe, I guess. I like the flavor. Or maybe profile. add a splash of like some kind of pink juice, like a... a do they sell guava juice? I don't know. Yes. Yes. So the recipe said like guava nectar or guava juice, but I think you're right. I think if I had used guava juice, it would give it that tint that it needed versus the guava nectar, which didn't have any color to it. Did you taste the guava nectar by itself? I did. And I liked it. Does it taste like guava or does it taste something different? I mean, it's kind of, I mean, guava like, I guess, kind of like okay. the same when you, um, this is not the same. I shouldn't even say this. When you have like flavored medicine <laughs> and you're like, it's like strawberry, you're like, it's strawberry. Like, um, no, reminiscent of, yeah. Not. No, actually I thought, I thought it was pretty guava. Like, I think it's hard though, because in my brain, I'm so used to guava paste. And so tasting it in a different form like that took some getting used to. And I don't use, I haven't had guava nectar as much as I've had guava juice too. So it does taste like guava, just... I don't know. So many forms of guava. Guava three ways is what this episode will be called. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> Very um, cool. Sounds yeah, pretty good. it was really good. And now I have all this cake. Our Lord of the Rings, my Lord of the Rings fellowship group didn't want to have much of the cake because they're all being very careful about their eating habits. And so I am left with a bunch of guava cake. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. My fellowship let me down. Just kidding. They had a little bit. <laughs> Um, it's not much of a fellowship. They don't like cake. Yeah. Didn't they learn anything from let the hobbits? <laughs> let me rethink this. Hmm. Has me questioning all these <laughs> tightness of the group that I thought we had. Um, but yeah, I had a good time and I liked learning about all the different types of dessert options in Hawaii too. Yeah, I wasn't sure what we were going to find, uh, but there was a lot. I had a, until I saw the chocolate, I had a hard time deciding what I wanted because it all looked <laughs> pretty good. The chocolate won you over as it always does. We've got another batch of toaster mail. <laughs> Thank you listeners for sending in your burning questions. This episode's burning question might melt with too much heat as it's all about ice cream cakes. So let me uh, take this meal and put it on some ice. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have a friend who is starting to make ice cream cakes and has found that the cake becomes too dry after being frozen. What can we suggest? Do you ever think that like we're the only people that think we're funny? Because I like laugh at our jokes. <laughs> so much I felt that I've wondered so I do wonder too funny, let us know. <laughs> I'm like does do other people think we're funny? because I think we're hilarious but I'm biased <laughs> all of our puns um 
Okay. So yes. Yeah, so this is my friend, Caitlin, um, who is making ice cream cakes. And I think she was, she made her first one and was pretty successful, but had some concerns about the cake being too dry. So you and I talked to each other and did some research and we have several suggestions. So um, one of them is just making sure that the cake is like fully covered with the ice cream layer and that it's like actually making contact with the cake to like give it that moisture. Because I know that one thing she mentioned is that she had a layer of mix-ins that kind of created separation between the cake and the ice cream. So I recommended like chopping it finely and mixing it into the ice cream. Maybe that would help. Mm, Yes. Rachel, you had a good suggestion about like changing the base. Like let's think outside the box and not use cake. Yeah. I don't think Dairy Queen uses cake. I might be telling a story, but I feel like they use like crushed up cookies or something for their quote unquote cake layer. So I would use cookie like Oreos I feel like would do really well because they're going to get soft like when we made those icebox cakes Mm -hmm. or brownies as they don't freeze all the way um so I think not using cake (laughs) for the cake part would would work and make it softer yeah I think you're right even just like doing some research it seems like a lot of people don't recommend using cake for this reason um if you do want to use cake you could try to make the cake like a thinner layer but it kind of sounds like you'd have more success, like what you said, using brownie mix or they even, t- I saw like Blondie using Blondies instead, or yeah, or using the oh, yeah. cookies. So I know she plans on making the cake again, and I hope she takes these suggestions into consideration. That sounded kind so of So if amazing. you guys have burning questions, shoot us some toaster mail at the new email address Louisa gave you at the beginning, which is procrastibaking. <laughs> I have to look at it. <laughs> procrastibakingpodcast at gmail.com. You don't know our own email, Rachel? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was procrastibaking or procrastibaking podcast. How embarrassing for you. I know. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> to this batch of procrastinating. We hope we've provided some food for thought for your next procrastinating project. As always, the links and photos discussed in this episode can be found in our show notes. Procrastinate with us on Facebook and Instagram while you wait for our next episode to rise. We release new episodes first and third Fridays on your favorite platform. Tune into the next batch of procrastinating as we visit Florida, take on an epic Lord of the Rings dessert and a movie challenge, and take a coffee break. Until next time, stay sweet. This has been Procrastinating. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a good review. You can also subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. You can also subscribe to our RSS feed directly from our website at procrastinatingpodcast.com. Also, feel free to follow us and give us your feedback on social media, on Instagram at, at procrastinatingpodcast, and Facebook at facebook.com slash procrastinatingpodcast. Procrastinating is hosted and created by Rachel Rhodes and Luisa Gonzalez, produced and edited by Raul Ceballos, theme music by Alex Walker-Smith, and show artwork by Rob Demers. 